Coming at you from beautiful Mount Juliet, Tennessee. I'm John. This is Johnny. Hey. I have a co-host with us today. Hey, hey, hey. Dan Allen. You said it'd be 100 episodes, bro, and here you are. That's true. It's only been like three. You couldn't <laughs> make it. Well, the thing of the world has ended, so that's things change. <laughs> Coming at you, you bored from Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Dane has nothing else to do. Yes. <laughs> Along with the rest of us. We are in a bunker somewhere in a nondescript government building. <laughs> So this is, we're actually recording this on a Sunday morning, and we, or actually Sunday afternoon now, but we had finished, only a few of us come to church now. So yeah. Dane was running audio, Jeffrey running video, mm-hmm. live stream, and then we have a Which band. is really fun. It's fun right now for me. It is. We're like a, we're like a television production crew right now, yeah. basically is what we are. It, you do something for so long, like I do audio at our church a lot. Mm-hmm. And you kind of fall into like how it just works every Sunday, and now we've thrown this curveball into the system with us doing you know live stream from from the church every Sunday now, and it just it's made it really fun for me to have to like rethink things, yeah. and also like I'm an I'm an introvert like heavily an introvert, so it's kind of nice to, to not have to deal with people. Like a crowd every Sunday. So <laughs> wow. Then I were joking afterwards, like this is this is an introvert's dream. Yeah. Like you know, I did my I led worship, did my part, and then you can while something else is going, as long as he's not talking, we're showing a video. We walk around the room, talk uh-huh. to each awesome. other. It's the best. Hey man, how's it going up there? You know, go to the bathroom. It's crazy. It's like you're in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, it's weird. I, I will say, if I was an AV person at a church, I would like that if something did go wrong, no one's turning around and looking at you. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's like the, anytime a mic feeds back, they're like, "What are they even doing?" Well, back now, there? now instead, they just chat in YouTube. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot I always of wanted to do. I always wanted to like if I was a sound guy at a church and I got one of those turnarounds, I would just be prepared constantly with like a vape pen so that I could just like pretend to take a big hit <laughs> off the vape pen when they turned around and looked at me like, "What are they even doing?" He's vaping. <laughs> uh, so you watch the live stream today? What'd you watch? YouTube or Facebook? Uh, we started on Facebook. It got a little glitchy. So we switched to YouTube and then streamed the YouTube to our television. Apparently, yeah, it started glitchy and then it was fine like midway through. Yeah. We, I like, prefer Facebook because you can comment along the way. Somebody made the observation that you have to imagine how many more churches were uh, Facebook Live. Yeah, there's stress, we're kind of stressing the bandwidth, yeah. right? Yeah, it's I probably going to be an issue. a lot of live events happening yeah. at once this morning. So mm-hmm. I know nothing about bandwidth or technology or anything like that. As Dane always points out, yeah, Dane, you think I know nothing about technology, which is the dumbest thing ever. Who just you're the up, worst with technology. Who just hooked up all this stuff? You messed it up the first pass. Oh, well, like when somebody says, like on my website, my website went down a, a few months ago, wigged out, and it was like, then I had my buddy Marty trying to help me, and he was like, all right, we need to log into your server. We need to change the server. I go, yeah. Okay, <laughs> like I say, server all the time, and I don't know what I don't it know is. what it means. It you it, it does not it doesn't have a, it doesn't have any meaning to me. Yeah, I my, just go all right. Yeah, my friend Adam, who helps us here, he's my neighbor. Actually, helps us here with. Um, he installed all of our new yeah um, networking things yeah. here, which work great now. He's amazing, but when we're but like the difference between a router and a mm-hmm. switch. And uh, what's the other one where they all come into one thing? You're asking them. Your hub. Yeah, I was like, he just, they all look the same. They're all like things with a bunch of plugs in them. I was like, and then you go, modem, and they go, (laughs) modem. They laugh at you. Modem router switch, yeah. Like, and I know somebody right now screaming at the podcast. We don't care. Oh my gosh, you know, but I get We figured out how to get this to you, and this is the extent. That's all we have. 
Listeners, if you think you know how the internet works, shut up. <laughs> it's a series of you tubes, don't. Dane. It's a series it's tubes. of tubes. Yeah, created by... <laughs> <laughs> don't make the Al Gore joke. I'm not. Don't. I'm not. Everybody's made it's it. such a hacky Did thing. Did he actually say it? I don't know. I think he said he was part of the team that developed the internet, and so somehow from that, people extrapolated that he took credit for inventing the internet. <laughs> Listen, man, I do not want to be held responsible for yeah. the worst thing I've ever said in a recorded form. That's how it is when you're a politician, though. It's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to find out. Listen, guys. If I were to run for some sort of city office, right. do you think I would have a chance? Well, we have a lot of things we could dig up, for sure. We could, you know. Yeah. Well, that's not, no, I need you on my team. Well, photos, and then, too, but... like, now you have deep fakes. You pay people doing deep fake videos yeah. that you can do. Yeah, we could just, really good, We too. could just show one of your sermons and add a couple of fart noises, and you're never getting elected. <laughs> They'd be like, those sounded real. <laughs> that's how we he bring farted, him down. He farted while preaching. People wanted to believe that I was farting, and yeah. so they did. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if all that would matter. That, 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 would, be, that would be a pretty big deal for a a local election and then it's in a small town yeah i think a fart a fart when i try to get to like (laughs) when i try to get to like u.s the united states house representatives that's when that kind of that's when the fart sermon comes out by the way there used to be a comedian who used to do a bit like that he said he's he's like a schlubby kind of comedian his name is brian posein schlubby what's that mean he's kind of a big dude balding looks like a comic book nerd kind of that he's described to me yeah minus the comedy no so he's you know he's a big guy but he's married to like because i'm married to a really attractive woman and we pull up to a nice restaurant one day (laughs) and we're getting ready to hand the car off to the valet and my wife farts in the car And I look at her like, what are you doing? We're getting ready to hand this car off. And she goes, he's just going to think you did it. And he goes, and I couldn't even get mad because she's 100% right. I look like I'm made of farts. <laughs> I look like a bunch of farts just put a human suit on and went to a restaurant. Oh, my goodness. That's good. That's funny. I like that. That is funny. Yeah. Schlubby. I've never heard schlubby. that before. Yeah, he's a schlubby dude. I wonder if he wanted to be called Schlubby. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that's Poor guy. Nobody, no. Yeah, Sorry. I how much money. He's a very funny making. guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of the comedy thing, like I had a lot of people come to me. I've had two things just uh, in the past couple of days. One is everybody's obsessed with like trying to figure out how that I could monetize my comedy in this layoff, including me. Because they're kind of panicked. They're like, Johnny, what are you going to do? And I'm like, Well, no, believe me, I'm panicked too. But I don't know if comedy works. In like, let's just tell jokes into the abyss and like put a tip jar out. Like, I don't think it works that way because you need an audience for comedy. In my experience, unless you're doing like concept comedy, that's like a you know like a video right. that's a concept TikToks video or something, right? But like me, just go, hey, here's some new jokes. And the other thing that I'm bugged by, well, the other I'll say this: the other concept I've been getting a lot, and the other, I, I got 25 text messages yesterday <laughs> saying, "Dude, I'm so sorry." Yeah, and I'm like, sucks. what? I'm like what? Oh, no. Yeah. Kenny Rogers died yesterday, and I have a Kenny oh, Rogers joke. <laughs> I thought about that. I thought about that yesterday. So they are panicked. They're like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, That's what do you think? Funny. What am I going to do? I'm going to stop telling that joke. Kenny's dead now. Yeah, you can't It's just it. piling on. In but the that joke, joke you... had like a 10-year run. Like, it's not the it, end of the world. No. Oh, it's so good. And in the joke, you talk about him being in the audience. Yeah. yeah you're, you're and him like, crying. Tag is him crying. <laughs> and oh, I man. say, he can't cry anymore. All that Botox. Yeah. But... Can't yeah. cry anymore. He's dead. Yeah. So yeah, it's there's no way that people are like, "What are yeah. you gonna? How are you gonna reward it?" There's no reward. No there's reward. no salvaging you know that I joke. Oh, and the know. thing is, I love Kenny Rogers. That was never like a. I think Kenny Rogers would have laughed at that joke if he'd heard it when he was I alive. I think I ate more of Kenny Rogers Roasters oh, Chicken man. than I listened to Kenny Rogers music. I that guy made some. The wood makes it good. That's mm. what I've heard. Hey, and it rhymes. It was Dude, wood he was roasted a chicken through and through when he wrote that line? The wood makes it good. I don't think that was a line for chicken. <laughs> He What's was. funny is people were posting like, here's the truth is, we are all islands in the stream now. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
We are. We're all like disparate particles. Like Dan and I are not even sitting far enough apart from each other. We should be more. We should be more island like. Dane hugged me this morning. We're just doing this, aren't we? He was like, "We already both." That's the thing, and what we're (laughs) discovering because Dane says, "Oh, I'm such an introvert," but yet, why do you you say it like that? But you're. I'm saying it's not a good thing. I don't think I am. No, no, but I'm saying you say that, but you still like. We're like, I need some human interaction. No, I do. I'm hugging this human interaction. Small groups of friends that I love. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we need to make this clear, right? Our thoughts and prayers do go out to the family of Kenny Rogers. I mean, a real guy died. This <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Is, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. I'm no, 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 saying, listen. That's know, not what I'm saying is people yeah. were coming to me like, dude, I'm so sorry about your joke. Right. It's like the guy died. I was like, oh, my yeah, gosh, Kenny Rogers. That's how I found out Kenny Rogers yeah. died is someone said, what are you going to do about your act now? I saw a tweet <laughs> to you that said... Uh, R.I.P. and it was something. It's like 2020 is the worst year yet. Now my R. favorite R. Johnny favorite W. Joke, joke is gone. But he, but he didn't. I didn't. I didn't see a link to anything. I was like, I wonder what joke he's talking about. Yeah. I, never, I hadn't heard the news yet. And then the next day, I saw that he had died. I was like, oh, okay, that's right. what it was. Yeah. But yeah, I love Kenny Rogers. I mean, I love his music. I mean, yeah. I, there's like five or six songs of his that I think are great. And he was a terrific guy, evidently, just fantastic yeah. person. So, but yeah, you made the. I made a joke because he had a lot of plastic surgeries. And uh, and the joke was about him, you know, if you're his surgeon and you got those jowls pulled back tight, like you got to know when to hold them and when to fold. It's a whole thing. You stopped saying when to fold them after a while. Yeah. The original. Yeah. You would say no one to hold them. No one to fold. fold. Yeah. But it's, and now you just let the people. Like, they kind of sort it out. It's like. And a, now that joke's gone. It's like a slow And I got to tell you. Like was a it worth it? Joke fog. Was it all? <laughs> no, it's fine. But that was like a 10. That's like 10 years I've been doing that joke. And you it's know, done, it's been good to me. Do, does content have life to you? Like, uh, you think of it like a, like, Dan, do you think of songs you write? Like, does it have its Songs own? can live on forever. That's the cool thing about songs. But do you have different feelings about different, I do, like different books, different things where that content right there, because of what I went through to write it or what it means to me, means uh-huh. something different than this other content that I wrote. So I'm, sometimes people can compliment or disparage something right you feel like you've grown past it i feel different about different things that i've done do Mm -hmm. y'all have that feeling with your jokes or with your songs yeah some not all but some i'm like yeah it was that came from a different place than like you know like like the top line i wrote with three other guys right but like Like they're different levels but the cool thing about music is if you have a hit song that resonates with ten thousand, twenty thousand people you can do that forever if I have a joke that gets seen by 20,000 million people, it's, burned. it's over. Yeah. It's over. Like if I was to do last time. I challenge that a little bit. I think mostly is correct. But I, I think of Mitch Hedberg and like his little. like. Yeah, but I, he was always writing. But you're saying that because he died at his peak, though. He was 33 when he died. But you're seeing his jokes. out. But he always was working new jokes in. Like he would not have been able to go out sure. and still keep doing those same. When people are like shouting it from the audience, they know your punchlines. Like comedy's yeah. about surprise in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. In a lot of ways, me having a, this is my 13th year of doing this, and I kind of, sometimes you begrudge the fact you're under the radar, like, oh, I'm not famous, I'm not whatever, but there's a great thing to being somewhere in the middle, like, I'm known enough to where I can get work, but I'm not so well known that I have to produce a new hour every eight months, Mm -hmm. because that's a whole prison of its own. Sure. Like, that's what happened to a lot of the guys, like, think about, uh, one of the most famous uh, examples is Ron White uh, from... Blue Collar Comedy. Blue Collar Comedy blows him up. Well, he'd been working on that first hour for like 20 years. And then they go, we're doing a stadium tour next year. You need a new hour. Well, he had to go buy a bunch of jokes. 
So he was hiring people writing because wow. it's like you don't have time to turn around. You had your whole life to come up with that first hour. So it's like this weird thing. So I'm kind of grateful to be like I can work on my acting at my own pace. I'm always working in new stuff, but it's not like you're famous now. All this is over. Find a new hour, which is where we're at now with this Corona comedy. Like yeah. everybody's jokes are about what we're all experiencing in real time. But I'm not sure the shelf life you're talking about shelf life. What is the shelf life of a joke about toilet paper hoarding? Right. Not very much because everybody's making the same eight jokes online. Toilet paper, don't breathe on me, don't touch your face. Like, There's a million, like, making song lists of your playlists, you know, that are all, like, songs about touching so, your face. What or, are you saying? Like, it's not w- worth telling the joke? I don't know if it's not worth telling because I have made some, like, I've made some posts. But I do feel like people who are making their entire content catalog now are like, well, well this is what works. This is what comedy is now. It's about isolation and yeah. let's make 30 new minutes about this. I don't know what that's going to be. But it's weird not to talk about it. Like if I just go like men and women are different, huh? And I just go into a thing right now. It feels like that's ignoring the new reality that we're all experiencing, too. So I feel really torn. But, like, it, I, I think it's going to be weird. Like, can you imagine? Like, right now, Hollywood is shut down. Right. So, somewhere, there are people in a room pitching shows mm-hmm. about, like, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Two 11-year-olds are stuck together, okay, <laughs> because of the virus. And they have to figure out how to get their parents back together who are uh, estranged from each other. We're going to call it Quarantweens. <laughs> You're going to love it. Okay, wait. I got another one. Don't shoot it down. I got another one. Okay, there's one guy. He's uh, 200 pounds overweight. Another guy has got high blood pressure. They live in an apartment together. They're trying not to get it. It's called comorbidities. Oh this God, fall on Fox. Comor- wow. No, that's what's happening. I guarantee you there's people pitching yeah. Corona comedies and Corona, like, dramas you, and stories. I think you were that person. Wow. I think you pitched those <laughs> yeah, shows. Yeah, was, those uh, are going to actually happen now. <laughs> <laughs> if that gets made before Jerry Acting... Disney so Channel will have... Quarantweens <laughs> will happen on Jerry Disney Acting Channel. Jerry Acting has uh, way more sustainability. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jerry Acting would have to have a whole thing about it within it, though, because it's older people. Oh, yeah. So he'd have to pretend that oh, he's at risk, season. too. Like he's, yeah. Because he's young, but he has to pretend to be old, so he's like, yeah, hope it doesn't get us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but really, he's 22 or whatever. He's like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. No, I, I do, you know, um, I, I struggle to know. It's hard for me. Like, we were talking about this a minute ago. You're like, you know, for sermons and stuff right now. We're staying in the series that we were already in. Yeah. Based upon these Bible Project videos, which are really unbelievable. Listener, if you haven't watched them, look up BibleProject.com. Great. Like, they're they're illustrated, but they're like whiteboard illustrated they're drawing as uh-huh. as the guys talking it out they're eight they're to 12 super minutes. Cool. really really informative but like we did deuteronomy today which most people are like boring you know but like it it's but we spelled it d-u-d-e that's right dude makes it, makes it catchier and edgier <laughs> that's right and so you know we've stuck with that but, you know you were like well we could stop and do a round table we've done stuff like that before and we're addressing it every time yeah but there's like that fine same thing for the podcast that fine line between do we almost didn't do it for a while, but we decided to keep going to keep some level of normalcy. Yeah. Yet we don't want to just talk about coronavirus another hour because that's all anybody. Well, it's all, yeah, is they, they're kind about. of looking for an escape, but they're also looking for peace and answers. Yeah. So you kind of have to strike that 
that line. And that'll be true when we come back with shows is people are going to be kind of nervous to be in crowds again. Yeah. And you're going to have to kind of give them, we have to acknowledge it, but then also move on, figure out a way to move on while in that, like that people who strike that balance the best are going to have the most success. I think mm. in the new culture of, of entertainment and, and, and frankly, church culture is going to have to figure out a way to strike that balance too. I do wonder what people take away from the experience. Like I wonder if any listeners, I would love to hear if anybody at least thought through their social media posts after last week's podcast because we hit pretty hard like oh, right. this is a time not to be a jerk like right. it's a time to not oh, be a jerk don't lash out at other Te- people technically and... all the time is a time you shouldn't be being a jerk but if this helps you see it then stop it you know on social media like this is a moment to realize there are real words being yeah. talked about real people you know it's like you just wonder is that is that going to affect uh, you have not seen it hit the political process yet. They're all still just bashing each other is what it appears. Oh, right. Yeah. The, as far as like we haven't had a unified. Yes. No, now there's unified rhetoric yeah. from all sides. We should be unified well, as as, and then they turn around and bash the well, other side. Well, there's unified in they passed the big thing of like we're all supposed to get checks right or whatever. Right. Is that, that that got passed pretty quickly. I think if you make 75000 or under as an individual yeah. or 150 or under as a couple, mm-hmm. then you're supposed to get a check. Yeah. So, so that's happening. That's yeah, they. So they sign up. I, I don't think it's like three weeks though for I, it to roll out. I don't out. know if it's officially voted on, but I think it's close. If well, not, so I mean, they're doing I've some already, sort of. I've already went out and put a PlayStation on my credit card, so it better be <laughs> yeah, on its way. Right, Johnny's yep. already. Yeah. I'm already. I've already. I wonder how many. That's the interesting thing is like some people were saying they wanted to buy stock in Best Buy because that's where all these checks are going to go. People are going to go out and buy big screen TVs and <laughs> like electronics and stuff with it. They're not going to pay bills with it. I don't know, man. I mean, like if you really. Like, you know, we're having issues with certain items at grocery stores here. Mm-hmm. You do got to wonder, and that's part of the issue with the economy is nobody is spending partially because they're not making, partially because non-essential items you stop buying. Yeah. I mean, hey, I went by, I have the uh, monthly car wash membership yeah. down here. It's 20 bucks a month. I need to cancel that. I've I got went by that. yesterday. I was like, honey, we were out finding extra groceries. I've got that too, man. And I was like, hey... um, Let's swing through and get a car wash. She was like, why would we do that? And he was cold. So I was like, because there's no entrance without going through. I'm going to get one more car wash on my plan. I'm going to go uh, cancel it. And I can yeah. read up it later if I want. Right. Pause it or but whatever. it's 20 bucks a month. I don't want to spend right yeah, now. You know? That's a good note. So you got to wonder, though, you know what? How many people have come by and done that to the car wash place? Right. And are they going to like be able to float <laughs> And now we just along. went public to our millions of listeners. And now so they're all going to go shut down Mr. Car Wash. What, what, I, what I found annoying recently is Planet Fitness charged my card for the membership fee and yeah. then closed their gym yeah yeah that was very annoying and still is because I, I imagine it'll come out next month as well yeah and you can't you have to, you have to cancel it face to face so you can't you won't be able to cancel right. it i, I probably won't in. cancel it to yeah. be honest because I, I really depend on planet fitness especially I know. on the road yeah but it's just annoying they they, yeah. they charged it and then shut down yeah, they every have, gym. They should have paused everybody's memberships. Yeah, I agree. But I but they're yeah. When it's a big company like that, it's more annoying than if it's like Bob's yeah. Barbershop that's having to whatever. And you're like, oh man, like uh, our friend Kelsey West. You're just like, I feel for her because yeah. it's like she's having to postpone yeah. all of her clients. That's her livelihood. She's a small business, and I and believe me, man. I mean, my schedule is a bloodbath. People people have reached. Tell me, people have reached out, man. How's your schedule? I'm like. Well, I'm warming myself by the fire of it. If that gives you just like, mm, this is toasty. These aren't coming back. Yeah, it's very, it's very, um, and I find myself praying for you and praying for a lot of people for those specific reasons. I mean, like, it, it, it's, 
I, I'm hopeful looking at other countries and all those things. I am hopeful, you know, that this is not going, some people are like, Oh, this is going to go for six months, you know, and maybe perhaps it does. Cause when you flatten the curve, you do extend, right. You extend the, the time period. What mm-hmm. we're trying to do is have everybody not get it at once. That's yeah. kind of the goal right now. Um, but like the three of us are going to give it to each other and then that we're out of the way. Right. Like we're going to be recovered and then we're back into the and fray. we would be great with that if, if again. Uh, we would be quarantined the, together. The, the just a podcast in, every day. Dude. A from our podcast. From our sick bed. Oh my God. Just a lot of, a lot well, of you, coughing. You were talking about people concerned about your how you're making money right now. I think this would be a great way to make some money. Because you already have a Patreon set up. It's true. You're not touring right now. You yeah. should push to this patreon this yeah, is something I've, this is a content that you're providing every week it's true we do and but we you know we've never been too pushy about it but if you if you're <laughs> not being pushy i'm being pushy if dang. you listen to this podcast donate there's okay. a patreon sure that people that's are something people in entertainment do. are having to stay home right now johnny you're half of that money with me still I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just John, No, I feel you weird got that though. Sweet pastoral do- dollars rolling in. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you do. You well. Mm, yeah, it doesn't matter. We were talking to our people about it this morning. Like yeah. you know, I actually mentioned you. Did you hear me? No. I said, yeah, my friend John. Honest, have not tuned in until we were at the very, very end. We talked yeah. about giving and all the ways to give. Somebody walked in, by the way, Dane. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see did. it. I was over my laptop. Like a random it person. Was old, uh, I don't. I know his face. I don't know his name. Although I've probably talked to him. I didn't see him, him yeah. One of our guys, we had the... What if it was an angel? We, he no. wasn't. Yeah. And it felt to me when he walked in that he was making a point. He came and dropped money into the offering uh, bin. Oh, well, that's kind of yeah. interesting. That was really cool. I, I thought it was fine. No, it, obviously Then you immediately went over and sprayed it down with all kinds of disinfectants. I was like, well, I need to make sure they check those because we just assume <laughs> no one's using that right yeah. now, you know. He didn't make a big scene or anything. He just came in, dropped it, and left. Oh. And I literally didn't even see him. You know, it was like five of us in there, and I was on the other side, you know, because we're all checking comments and trying to, because I was coming back to an ending thing. We talked about giving, and I said, you know, what Johnny always says about giving that helps me, and I'm going to put my own words, yeah. is that when he gives, it reminds him that the money doesn't hold him because when he lets it go, yeah. it, it's, it's just that great, it's a discipline to say, this is not, this is not in control of my life, no matter how I feel, right. you know, no matter what my emotions say, the action of doing it makes mm-hmm. that real, you know? And so, but I always feel though, like with Patreon, yes, I'd love for y'all support if you have excess funds, but I feel like we're just like the car wash in some ways though. People are, maybe you are, maybe but one of the first things that they're not going to pay The for. people that do have the extra money and are willing to donate though. Yeah. I'm talking to those people. If you're struggling to pay for groceries, don't, but if you have it and you're willing to help somebody, then do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we're not going to turn it down, but I just, you know. We're grateful for the people listen at all, and it's great. Man, we should have Dana more often. These Dana, is, Dana is like, <laughs> man. You don't we make not, it weird. Like, I'm just saying. We like, did not tell Dana to do that. No, no you didn't. So, I'm just, no. I, I'm talking for this podcast, but also a lot of touring friends that are out of work yeah, right now. Absolutely. And if they have a channel or something that you can help them out with, if you're actively subscribe to their content or consuming their content then consider donating it is a weird time because you know mostly in life whenever economic times hit and that's what a guy was saying on the news of the day is like this is not a stock market crash Mm -hmm. even if the stock market goes down like this is not like the great depression this is a global pandemic so it's stemmed from a different problem that's usually either you know 
poorly stewarded investment strategies on a global scale eventually cause economic right. downturns, markets, things to burst, all those kinds of things. And then you have a supply and demand problem, you know, that can also, based off of confidence, they can cause those things. This is not that. This is out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Everything's rocking along, sort of in its in its normal, but you know, capacity. But my point of that is, is because it's so different. You know, my first inclination is to say, well, you know, when times are tough, yeah, it's going to be those of us who who do something creative or do something artistic. You know, we're going to be the first ones and maybe not be able to do that. I may have to go do something else for a season. And yeah. you realize because of the quarantine type status, you can't go you do can't something go do else necessarily. Yeah, I can't just know? go get another so, job if I wanted to. Yeah. I got to just wait it out really because. Uh, well, and the grocery stores are hiring. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, we went the other morning at 6 a.m. And there was no, at, at Kroger, no meat, no vegetables at 6 a.m. That's when they opened. Yeah. And, but there are people everywhere. And I don't know, there's no way to maintain the social distancing. Very, I mean, I'm walking. Yeah. And some people don't, they're not very mindful of it. If you're out there and you work at a store, God bless you. Oh my because goodness, you're on yeah. the front lines. And they were advertising over the loudspeaker. I mean, doctors and nurses are on the front lines, but you're on the front lines of catching it, basically. Well, you are an essential service. And you're providing a, yeah, you're providing yeah, a great people service. People have to eat, you know. Oh. Um, so it was, it's crazy to think, I guess you could go, if you have to, you will, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's, yeah, it, it, to, your, to my point was, is, man, I do realize everybody's in this in a different way than just yeah, a normal totally. economic downturn. So yeah, if we can It's affecting everybody. Anybody, everybody's disrupted in some way. And it is interesting. Like, I don't think, I'm not one of those people that's like, maybe we're, this is the, because we're supposed to refocus our lives and this is from God. I don't believe that, but I do believe God allowed it, is allowing it to happen, obviously. But I will say like... It's made me have more laser focus on my budget in a way that I wouldn't have. Sure. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and my relationship with my wife is, uh, <laughs> I'm more laser focused on it now yeah. because it's like you have no choice. Like, this is, you know, and then I, I did read something the other day, and it was like you read a lot of like things, and you see like a scripture being memed, or you see a, a, a Photoshop of a thing, and there's a waterfall behind it, and it's just a, you know, a, an inspirational quote. And sometimes I overlook those. But there was one and it was talking about like basically the gist of it was you want to have not a what if kind of faith. You want to have like an even if. Yeah. And I was thinking I have a lot of what ifs right now. Yeah. But the truth is like we need to have this thing of like no matter what we're going to hang on. Yeah. Instead of just like what if all that because every day I wake up what if this goes on for six months. Mm -hmm. What would Mm -hmm. my career look like. What is comedy going to look like coming out of this even? Are people, are people going to have disposable income to even go to shows even if we do bring back? Like what is that? All, what is the economy going to do? What are my – I have a retirement account. What is that about? Like instead of that, it's like even if all that happens, dot, dot, dot. Like you need to know what's on the other side of that even if yeah. and make up your mind about that because we don't know that this is – I mean it could get a lot worse. We don't know, but – it could. We have to have that even if mindset, and I'm trying to really make make myself think in that way. Well, you know, Andrew and I were talking early this morning, you know, and of course this guy's lost his house. Yeah, right before all this hit, yeah. you know, he, and, and it's not an easy journey that he's on. And you know, we were talking, and it just kind of reminded me that we've really spent a long time trying to become familiar with what God's character and God's goodness is that we talk about that a lot because if you wait for difficult or positive either one circumstances to try to figure out the character of God based upon what's happening to you or happening to those around you yeah. it's a really slippery slope it's difficult to come to a conclusion in that moment like it's a, like when we we're when we we're doing counseling marriage counseling or any kind you know or someone's 
contemplating a job change or whatever, but they're in the middle of a crisis, we almost always say, hey, don't as much as possible, unless it's a clear black and white thing. Don't make major life decisions in the middle of, of crisis moments. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's very rare that that turns out well, unless you're forced to or the crisis itself is leaving you no choice. If you're contemplating, do your best to try to get down the road where you can – because you just can't see around all the buildings. Like mm-hmm. You just can't see what's ahead. And so yeah, I do think for everybody <laughs> listening and, and all of us, we've, we've struggled. You know, I encourage I'm – tr- I'm trying, like from what you were saying, I'm trying not to – Number one, find out all the whys. I'm a real why kind of guy. It's a great book by Philip Yancey called The Question That Won't Go Away. It's a really mm-hmm. small book, but he goes, um, he wrote a book called Where Is God When It Hurts years and years ago. Yeah. It was like a, a international, like, and it's just a huge, he, he was a um, journalist and he wrote this book as a Christian as well. And since then, he tells all these stories. It's kind of like a follow-up. It's a real small book. It's like a follow-up to that. But after the tsunami in Japan, he was asked to come. Like almost every major disaster, he gets asked to come mm-hmm. and to share just principles. He, he never answers the question why because the Bible doesn't. It's really not the question that the Bible answers. But there's a lot of things it does answer about it that we miss because we're so wrapped up in that one. He doesn't dismiss it either. Right. Like he gives possibilities and all those things. But it's much more about, you know getting past that need that I have a justice center within me that thinks I'm owed the explanation for all the things in life mm-hmm. that happened to me or to others, yeah. you know, and I think that's probably some American mindset that comes in. Yeah. I think um, we think we're owed, are ju- ju- we owed justice? We're owed an explanation. We're owed. We're, sometimes Americans think we're just owed a great life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you know, and again, I was telling Andrew this morning, it was funny. I was praying yesterday and I thought, you know, I, I have gotten upset with God about things and I'm way more honest with God mm-hmm. these days, <laughs> my last few months, I mean, and I kind of thought, you know, there is a certain level of divine entitlement that should come if your dad was the creator of all things yeah, and you're used to living in his goodness and you experience something you can't understand that you're, you're expecting that goodness, but that entitlement needs to then move into maturity. But I think God would expect, I would expect Sadie to to expect good things because I'm her dad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a bad... I want her to have that kind of entitlement. Yeah. But we have such a negative connotation to that word. But then, whenever things are difficult, I expect her then to rely and trust in yeah, my and character. Trust. Yeah. Like, hey, okay, this is not what you planned or how you wanted it. You can't see it all. Do you still think I'm trustworthy or good? You know, because there's a billion things that you've relied upon that were good. It's always going to be those anomalies and those things. But that that's a great book for listeners right now that where. Um, the question that never goes away, Philip Yancey. It's a great book, and he talks about he, he came to Sandy Hook um, after the shootings, and again, there's no. I mean, there's n- that is the worst thing. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's that's the one I can't handle. You know, twenty two little kindergartens, <clears throat> kindergartners basically just mowed down. And by, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I really can't grasp it. And he talks about what's happening in that community and. You go, wow, whatever it is I'm suffering, there's always something worse. There's always something greater, always something different. And there's a strange sense of comfort. Comfort's the wrong word. I think there's a strange sense of community, maybe, that yeah, comes with all, it. We're, yeah. we're all going through it together. Yeah. For the, for the first time, we're all experiencing something together. Like, even with 9-11, Americans understood it on one level. Right. And then 
in a bigger level, New Yorkers understood it yeah. even more. And then the global community kind of understood like America is like this. We're the loudest megaphone. If you think about it as a, as a global voice. Yeah. But people were like, well, this affects the economy. This affects a global economy with America being. It affects Western democracies. For right. Sure. Right. Yeah. But then like this is a thing that's affecting all almost all countries have an outbreak yeah. of some kind going on right now. Of this. So this is the first time when, yeah, there's a there's a unity of. We can all decide to panic. We can all decide to be helpers. We can all, like, we need to make, we will pass or fail this together. We said that last week. We are going to fail or pass this test all at once together. And sometimes it feels like I'm failing the test. Sometimes it feels like we're doing okay. But yeah, I've seen a lot of positive things uh, yeah. online. I see a lot of people trying to be a force for good. And, you know, it is interesting watching entertainers, though. And I, this is another thing I don't want to fall into where, you just want to keep the noise going or keep a, a microphone on you because yeah. you can't handle the fact that part of your identity is being taken away because what you do is get out in front of crowds and now crowds are outlawed. So you go, I got to get in front of a crowd or I don't feel normal. And mm -hmm. so it's almost like a drug. I don't want it to be that. If I do something online, I want it to be because I want to serve people and this is what my gift is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's that mindset shift. Because you see somebody like they're singing a song in their kitchen or they're doing whatever. You can always see. But you see a few people and you're like, that guy's just desperate for attention right, right. now. And yeah. he's trying to and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I, I want to make sure I'm checking my own motives before sure. we just like, let's just scream into the abyss right now because it's what I've always done. Like, let's make sure our mindset's right. Well, I think I think for a lot of uh, comedy is a little different because it's usually tinged on one person. Yeah. But like, I think with bands, like they they literally just got their the rug ripped mm -hmm. right out from under them. Absolutely. You know, two month long tours now canceled mm -hmm. or postponed and they don't have work for two months. Yeah. So they're having to figure out ways to kind of support their entire crew. Or at yeah. least the people that are in the band don't even, not to even mention the part of the crew, the, yeah, the, the crew, tech directors, sound guys, the yeah. audio guys, like they're just doing different things now. Yeah. I know a guy who just got a temp job that he can do online from home. Yeah. Like data entry. Like, you know, that, that I think artists are having to adapt, not just for themselves, yeah. but for their entire team. Yeah. And I don't yeah. mean to say, I guess everyone's thing. I'm just saying for myself, my own motives are like, let's not just immediately get out there and start feeling like that. You feel that pressure to produce content already with what I do. And then the pressure's ramped up when you see everyone else in the sure. world like stuck at home and they're just rolling tape. I'm like, I'm going live on Facebook at 10. And you're like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And then like you see adding to the noise. And so I don't necessarily think it's bad. Uh, and I don't want to second just guess everybody's motives, but I'm making sure my motives are right. Sure. But because uh, sometimes I feel like you needed to take a breath. Like I almost would rather go right for a couple of weeks. Something that's going to matter three Dude, months totally. from now. It's yeah. also like I have, I have comedian friends who are like, well, it's time to work on that screenplay that I've been putting off. Yeah. You're like, yep, this is the exact right time I'm to going, do that. I'm going to Atlanta next week to write music with friends to yeah. work on a new project. It's great. Yeah. Because yeah, what else am I going to do? You know? Yeah. But yeah, I think the focus that it's bringing and the innovation, you're talking about how artists are having to figure out like that necessity being the mother of invention. I think it's going to end up being a really good thing that's going to come from something really bad where totally. artists are going to have to figure out like, and it, even if, even if it ended tomorrow, I would still look at my finances and my calendar with a lot more gratitude than I've gratitude ever had before. Sure. Think, Cause I'd be like, I think you, 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 you say, Oh, I'd never take this job for granted. I love everything I do. But 
100% I was taking it for granted. I was like, well, I'm fine. March was no good. But if I can get to April, I'm good. And you just float along. And then you go, and April's taken away from you. You're like, this could all go away. Yeah. Yeah. I and think a lot of people's you, yeah. perspectives are definitely going to change after this is all over. Yeah. I'm going to hug everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wanna, I wanted to go back to something because this is okay. a, a common topic between at least me and Driver. But what is the answer? What do you tell people when terrible things like these happen? And, you know, where is God? Like, what is the answer? And there's books on it, there's whatever, but, like, I I personally have a really big issue with this. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, I talk with, for the listeners, this is something I talk to John regularly about. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what's the answer? Uh, again, I don't want to... Be- I think we're out of time. Uh- <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. I have zero issue talking about this. <laughs> no, man, it's a great question, and it's a it's a it's a brave question. Um, I think that the hard part is there is not a simple one sentence answer, and I think that's what really what really hurts everybody because then it starts to feel where we're one sentence answer kind of culture. You know, tell me the thing and. Um, I just think it's more complex than that. I think it's more complex because of the nature of God and the universe and how small that we are and all those things. It doesn't belittle the, the suffering and the pain because what, I, what I've what i read is this from all the different sources where I come to. Because I honestly had some issues myself. Actually, after talking with you, um, you know, we both talk so much and, you know, there were things in my own life unrelated to what was going on in your life <laughs> that I was like, suddenly overtook me with some real doubt and issues, things I was asking God for that just weren't happening, to be quite honest with you. Because a lot of things I ask God for, most they, most things I ask God for do. They just do. And so there was like that real, I kind of had one of those thorn in the flesh kind of moments, I guess, where it was like, hey, I mean, Paul, Paul had this same issue. He's like, hey. God, I mean, it's me and you, you know, and I asked you to do this and it hurts. And three times I've asked you very specifically. So Paul had that entitlement expectation that God answers him. And that's a good expectation. And then he didn't. And then for this one, he just didn't. He did not do what he wanted. Well, I think my hang up there is like, I don't know if it's entitlement exactly. Well, that's what I'm calling it. It's the wrong kind of word. I, I'm so- I want an answer from somebody that I've had faith in my entire life. Like, I, I feel like that's a big step yeah. that you're when things like this happen and you want an answer from God and you don't get it. It's like, dude, what what have I been doing the past 29 years? Well, you get answers from God that may be the right question he's answering is not the one that you're asking. I think that I think that's the hard thing. We miss a thousand other answers because we want the one specific. And yeah, so, when the one specific matters, that's the one answer I want. Right, <laughs> but, but there may be a there may be a. I know some of the again. I won't go any specific specifics of our conversations. You can. I'm not worried about it. I mean, when we lose a friend, you know those kinds of things. Um, we talked through. Remember, we did some scenario work one day. You know, that was actually. I didn't know we were going to do that. That was actually really eye opening for me because I had to think it out. What exactly are you talking about? I don't know if we want to do this. On the air, we did a scenario work of okay. For you, I literally don't care. It was it was about a, f- a friend, and and we so thought. What was the scenario work? Scenario though? was okay. Scenario one. In the moment that this bad thing happened, the friend decided this. In the moment right. this bad thing happened, the friend decided this. In the moment this God did this, but the friend did this. Like we went through all uh-huh. the things that could be, 
I don't okay. know if you remember that. That was a real big like eye opener for me. That I don't know all of the scenarios, but I can play them all out, and that helps me. Um, like a tsunami that kills two hundred thousand people, you know, at once is a is another level of destruction. And I think that the answer for me, I mean, again, the one that we don't want to hear is that, that wasn't God's original plan. That's the that's most, a hard one. That's the most compelling for me going through something where I have this question constantly. Yeah. yeah. That's the one that stops me is like, well, this isn't a perfect world. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the part that's a broken world with disease. I mean, think about how many diseases have been going around for years and years that kill thousands and millions of people. And now we have one that's kind of stopped us all in our tracks and we're having to focus on it, but it's really, it's unique in this, the way it's spread and that we don't have a vaccine for it yet. But I mean, our, our, our ancestors went through Spanish flu, polio, smallpox. They were terrified of it, yeah. you know, and we just got through it as a culture and we muddled through. And now there's technology where we can kind of spread more fear about it. But it's like, to me, the one thing I read about that I thought was interesting, uh, and I know past, some pastors are throwing this around and it's almost become cliche, but it really got to me. I was thinking about how we're all kind of trapped and Paul wrote a lot of his letters to the early church from jail. Yeah. And so, and one of my, and you used to talk about this scripture a lot when you would preach to youth, you would say, there was a scripture where Paul says, I am in chains, but this gospel is not chained. And so he was using his terrible scenario and his situation to prove that God is ever more real because he's saying like, I am in chains telling you this so you Mm -hmm. can know that it's true. And then, you know, I found too in those, in the stuff that I read, and it is a biblical thing too, that. One of the things they point out is that the the greatest, like, the people who seem to have the most confidence in God and his character generally throughout history are the ones who have experienced the most loss and suffering, most loss in their life. Mm-hmm. We, it can, we would think it'd be the opposite, but you really begin coming down to, I mean, Holocaust survivors and, you know, people who, who've lost family and, and this and that, and not out of a blind faith kind of thing, but it... it reveals something yeah, it was that like was an, very it was like true. an anchor they needed yeah. it yeah and and it was already it was already there in some kind not that they don't question or, and, and i think that's part of it it's just okay to question it's all right like yeah i don't think god's th- we, we've gone way too far in the church over the years just saying hey don't ask that man just trust just right. believe and that that's not helpful or else paul or else jesus christ himself who asked God for an explanation or, or at least a pass out of what he was going to do in the garden. Mm-hmm. So I think it's okay to question and to not like those things. Uh, I, I would just, I would say like, again, the answer, it, here's what's, here's what's weird, Dane. If you'd asked me that 10 years ago, like I wouldn't hesitate. I would just rattle off a bunch right. of stuff. If, if you sense listener or anybody listening to our conversation, like I do not want to be the easy answer guy anymore. So I really like, yeah. I agonize over the words because it's, it's very real and I don't want to sum it up because I no longer think that I have like the perfect perspective on all these things. But the fallen world deal is a bigger answer than I think we all know. I actually think it is well, the one. It's an answer that I – it's a question that I've never had to ask. And so when it is posed and I have to deal with it, I am completely unprepared. Yeah. And so I have to have, like I said, constant like – reminders of yes this is not we've talked about this a million times i can get hung up on the 
it, the fallen world thing yeah. and let, know that that's something that blocks me in my – because my train of thought, I want answers. Why am I not getting answers? God, I, I trusted you for years, and this is how you treat me? This is how you treat my friend? Right. That's where I go. Yeah. And the thing that the, – the one – the one block roadblock I get with that train of thought is this is not what I intended. This is not what God intended. And it's one thing for me to know that and say it right now, but where I constantly go and have gone for the past two years, it's hard to keep reminding myself of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you kind of have to keep hearing it. For me personally, I have to keep getting told that I have to keep reminding myself that this is what that's kind of what church is really though, is we have to remind, we said it today in the sermon, or pastor did remind, we have to remind ourselves of these things and say them out loud. And I mean, the old Jewish culture, you would stack stones on, you know, it, you'd you'd make an altar, you'd make a remembrance place. The thing that gets to me, like, I don't believe like in easy answers, like John said, and there's no like, here, you say this saying over yourself and you'll feel better. But one thing that gets to me sometimes is, I can't remember who said it was either C.S. Lewis or Chesterton talked about the Christian has to reconcile that there's evil in the world, he does have to reconcile that. Yeah. And, and in other words, that's the problem. If somebody comes to us and says, what are you going to do about evil in the world? Yes, we do have to deal with that <laughs> when we're talking to somebody about God, a good God. But the the unbeliever has to reconcile all the good in the world. Yeah. And and sometimes you don't hear that. They're not. They're, you're not being intellectually honest as an atheist or agnostic if you're not reconciling it and saying, but what about all the times we didn't die of a horrible disease? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. What about sunshine and friendship and everything? I mean, all the greatness and the good and the love in the world, they have to reconcile that. We have to reconcile the problem of evil, and we should be in our own minds and reminding each other of God's goodness. But like, they don't, I feel like there's a lot of intellectual laziness on both sides sometimes. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, that, I think that when I look at the intellectual, like, if somebody's listening to that, my brain always goes to all the the holes in the argument, you know. So the holes in the argument of the fallen world for me is, well, one, if I, you're actually asking much, you're going on a deeper plane now to say, it's easy to say, fallen world, well, whatever, if he's, then he's not a sovereign, all-powerful God, mm-hmm. if he's not in control, you know, of the, of the fallen world. So that, that, that's the first spot my brain goes. And from from where I, and again, it's been a long journey I'm still on, where, where I find comfort for that question is um, I really do believe it's human freedom which has been granted that is the cause of the fallen world. And it has, it's kind of like a movie, you know, like, uh, did you guys watch This Is Us this week? Lord, last no. Week? Are you yes. kidding? You can't no. I, did. I did watch it. Just... I'll, what are you doing to yourself? I'll, I'll just, you've seen the commercial, whatever. So, so <laughs> Randall, of course, he lost his dad. Uh-huh. Randall was going to counseling. You're spoiling. You're going to spoil this for I'll just tell you that. No, okay. like, you saw this in the commercials. It's fine. All right. Basically, he, he, the whole episode is imagining if Jack hadn't died. Okay. Okay. And so, like, they go down this path, and it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, because you're seeing all this stuff throughout their life, and he's there. Jack's mm-hmm. there. I was very annoyed with this episode until I... It got to reality. Until I understood it. it. Yeah. So the first, I'm sorry, John, I have to run something for you, but uh, the, the first, the first part of it, 
it's everything. Like within right after the house fire, they tell him that is they know his real dad. Jack takes him to meet him the same day. Yeah. They catch his dad, his other dad's stomach cancer early because he had all this community around him. You know, over the years they all kind of grow old and happy together. And right. finally, the counselor's like, uh, "Hey, man, you know we can go pull board games out of there if you want." you know, and play games all day long. Like, you know, in every single one of your fantasies of this, you saved the day and your dad saved the day. Yeah. You know, like, I think that that, I think that the, the bottom line is if he survived and then he went down another, they have a whole nother than series of things that could have happened that weren't all positive mm-hmm. for Jack being around. So a good thing of Jack surviving didn't necessarily produce all good things. So the good thing of freedom of choice, which is a good thing, doesn't produce all good things. Right. And, and there, there's a whole series of things that it produces that are bad. And so and that's the whole second argument to the to the you know sovereignty of God and the fallenness of the world thing that I see is that, you know, well, why does God let it continue? You know, and scripture actually answers that question. And it has to do with I mean, when God says the period of, of that freedom is going to be over because there are they're called dispensations of time. Things are different, you know. Before Adam and Eve, the world yeah. was a, you know, dark void kind of waters and, you know, things change over time. We're in a dispensation now where faith in Jesus is like the way instead of sacrificing animals. Like it's mm-hmm. different, you know, for us. I don't have to go get a goat, you know, and kill it. I can by faith trust that Jesus died for me. So it's a different time just because of where I live. And we're in a time right now that eventually he's going to say, okay, now it's time for the next one. And when that next one ends scripturally, then the time to choose faith in Jesus will end as well for, for us at this period of the earth. And so the Bible's real clear that actually the suffering, some of the suffering you're experiencing, which is from the fallen world, which is not God's original plan based upon the choices of man, a lot of it, by the way, which I believe God stops and mitigates. Mm-hmm. I think every day. I actually think that every day you don't, I think about this all the time. And some of this just being Enneagram six, by the way, because I'm mm-hmm. a worst case scenario thinker. None of this stuff I've told Laura that we've <laughs> talked about marriage at home. We had some hard conversations, introvert here, mm. kind of finding the positive extrovert dying, you know, a yes. slow death, you know, and, and she's, we're both, we're both working so hard because we're working harder now because of this, right. I yeah. mean, just all day. And, yeah. but you're not with people as much. And I was like, here's the thing. None of this has surprised me at all. Like I've thought about, I've thought this scenario through right. a hundred times. Yeah, global pandemic. I, I kind of shocked it hasn't happened already. Like you know, that that I mean, I think about it all. The I have time. read that the people who are dealing with anxiety on a daily level of like worst case scenarios in their head, they're having less panic attacks during this. Yeah, because they're realizing they were right all along in a way. It's a weird like confirmation maybe. That's well, I mean, you can go unhealthy in everything that you do. It's kind of like my dad, you know, my dad always took us to funeral homes. We yeah. were, were a pastor's kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my dad would, would, I mean, at the right appropriate, you know, exposure to things, but he would say, son, I remember being very little and him saying, you know, listen, this is a part of life and this is happening to all of us. And it's okay, and you don't need to hide from it. We don't need to we not let you see this. Yeah. And that was a great gift, you know. Uh, but we all, you know, interpret that differently. But, I mean, yes, it's still mourning and all those things. But if I never even conceived 
of the possibility. Uh-huh. I've seen people before who've never thought right. of the possibility that a parent may die. Or right. That, like it's it's not a and possibility. It totally blindsides them and it affects them way more. Like the yeah, rest of their life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Something and, and again, it does affect all of us the rest of your life. But if you had not thought of it as a possibility, mm-hmm. I just think suffering in the world is the season, the dispensation of time that we're in, and that God's goodness still fills the earth on a level we can't understand. I'm a little surprised every time that I drive down the interstate, just physically, just as a guy who who thinks about all the bad things that can happen. I can't believe these thousands of people around me right now going 85 miles per hour are all somehow managing not to hit each other because mm-hmm. sometimes they do. you know. And I can't believe all the beer cans I run past when I run. How many people are drinking while they drive? <laughs> yeah. They're well, all yeah. over the road. So somehow all around me, there's, there's yeah. I mean, the percentages. Like I think there's a lot of things God is keeping you know, from happening. And then that's that entitlement word I'm using. Occasionally, that is sovereignty, and I don't understand it. Whether it makes him good or bad is the real question. That he's going to allow those things to, to hit my life. Or, and there's some theologians, by the way, that believe... Uh, that like the devil and the fallen world can take you out ahead of God's time. That God has allowed like not that He's not sovereign, but that God is. And I'm not. I don't necessarily ascribe to this, but this is another theory. That like God's saying, look, I have removed part of my sovereignty from certain things, allowing the choice of man. Mm-hmm. So the sovereignty is that I've a, I have the power to do that. <laughs> Like if I want to, I can allow this to kind of run some of its course. I'm going to intervene still mysteriously, but I'm going to allow bad things that weren't my plan to happen that you're choosing. And who knows then? Maybe God allows me the choice. You know, I think he does to do things that is he going to stop me every time from doing something that's harmful to others or harmful to myself. So like there's all the that's all the mysterious questions. My my question is, I guess, spinning off of that, like my question is. Uh, I've got to get specific here a little bit, but my question is, I feel like I've been healed in my life before, mm-hmm. um, you know, pretty dramatically. Like I had a tumor in my wrist and I feel like God removed that yeah. from me. And now I have this question of like, why would you choose to heal me and not someone else? Yeah. Why? W- and it's more direct than that, but I'm trying to spare some of the specifics. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you choose to heal me and not my one of my best friends in life? Yeah. So much like to a point where now he's gone. Yeah. You just you did you did you make that decision? Did you not make that decision? If you did make the decision, then I hate you. But if you didn't make the decision, then I don't I don't really that's where I get hung up. Yeah. For that one, then where we're, we're kind of retracing some old steps a little bit, but I think that's helpful, you know. Sure. Is one, there's a still a lot of there's still a lot of whys you're not asking, or a lot of whats, and that is, you know, we don't know how many years he did. Sure, that he did it, preserve, yeah. he did keep, because I think again, if you really believe every minute truly is a preservation thing, and then two, we don't know God's intervention that's rejected. God will love people well enough to let them reject him. That is that is an absolute sure. the, theological truth. He he will not dominate your life if you don't want him to reject him that's he could have just told adam and eve all right you messed up but y'all can't handle the consequences of this i'm just going to push reset and i'm going to turn all your brains back to innocent you know what i'm saying he there was something about them being made in his nature that he was going to honor yeah i'm going to honor that i've made you in my in my image and now 
I told you, I warned you, I, I love you and don't want the worst for you. But if there is not a choice, then you're just one of the deer or one of the dogs. If there is not a choice to believe, trust, love me back, then I've just created more yeah. animals. It's a more broken system. It's like, yeah. think about how broken our system is now that our choices are being taken away from us. Yeah. We're, we're getting ready to be probably forced to stay in our homes. That's where it's coming for every major city probably is a forced quarantine. Yeah. And think about how stifling that is. Uh, that's not how you foster a system of love and trust of your government, yeah. you know? And then it's not the way you foster a trust and love of God. So I think God knew that. He built in, like, you're going to have freedom to choose to make all kinds of choices. There's going to be evil in the world. There's going to be brokenness. There's going to be uh, rebellion and walking away. And it's going to have consequences. There's going to be sickness because it was brought into the world. Yeah, it's complicated, but I don't know. I have... I think we're seeing a microcosm of what it would be like if all of our choices were taken away because we're having some of our rights stripped away. You know, right. we don't, we can't just come and go right now. Yep. And it's, and it's, it's hard. Again, I don't ever want those to be ahas kind of thing. Here's what I've learned. It's not, it's not an aha. Well, good. For I mean, anybody going through it. <laughs> well, here's the thing for me, it would be, and that's where I've learned too. You know, I talked about that. This has been a lot of, 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 I do have ahas through an intellectual path and that that's, it doesn't, it, it all, I mean, and this is, has to do with, with what I believe are triads of, of the way that we're made and wired. You're wired first for something. You're either wired first for mm. reaction slash gut. It doesn't mean you don't have a thinking and a heart center. It just means you first react. So people who are, you could tell during the crisis, the person, I guarantee you, Tornado hits, we have our friends, and you can watch everybody react differently. Totally. You know, the first, the one who, we have one friend, uh, they literally, the tornado is still coming, it's coming towards their own house. When they heard what happened to Andrew, they literally get in the car, that's it, and just drive straight. Like, total, and I, I happen to know, you know, more about this friend, and like, that. that's the triad that she's in, is mm-hmm. action. <laughs> you know, go, you know, and that's beautiful and wonderful, you know, in those moments. My first is, I think, I think of all the things I can do that need to be done, I triage the problem yeah. so that I'm going to be efficient. I want to know, I want to keep the bad things from happening or getting worse, what's needed the most, let's not, I want to just run and run around in circles and mom, you know, and then another person's going to have that heart, they're going to cry, like they feel so deeply right. the loss, you know. And, and they're going to want to express and they're going to want – everybody's going to eventually show up and do. And everyone's going to think and everyone's going to feel. It's just as what's your – What ins- happens first. Right. What's your instinctive – like you can't help it. That's what you do. So when we're talking, I've told, told you this is a, a completely revolutionary thing for me that's changed my whole thought. I mean you taught me a lot about this. For a long time, I'd give you these kind of – okay, I just gave you seven possibilities. Mm-hmm. That I think are all pretty solid possibilities. They're theologically right, historically right, you know, intellectually sound, philosophically. You know, I I went ahead and poked all the holes in them for you, so that you don't have to worry about that. You know, here's what I think. Someone who disagrees with me would say, like I'm not hiding it or acting like you know. And when I can look in your eyes and see it, just didn't do it for you. Like you're still. Then for me, it's like, oh crap, you know, like. That and, and at first it's like, well, I, either I need to get better at doing that, which is not necessarily the answer. I think 
the answer is to figure out that all my friends aren't made the same. Sure. And none is better or worse than the other. It's say, hey, I, I really believe – I don't know, by the way, if you're a feeling person or a reaction I don't person. I have a theory of which uh, – I have a theory in both camps of, of which one. <laughs> but you hate that stuff, so I'm not yeah, – you I don't do. want to say. <laughs> but, I mean, it does, it does bear out, though. The triads are easy to think about regardless of numbers and all those things. But that – Yeah, I think – I don't know what it is either. I think when – Deal when having to deal with those questions like that, um, it's hard for me to process certain things. It's hard for me to process an answer and just get it and be done with it. Like I have, that's what I mean. Like I have to keep yeah. getting reminded of it because my feeling is, well, it doesn't matter what the answer is. I'm still pissed or I'm still whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep thinking about the answer, keep reminding myself the the holes in my theory. So you, so, ca- you came in the other day, after, after the last time, well, we haven't got to talk much in the new year at all because 2020 has been an absolute just craziness. Yes. But one of, our, one of our last big talks, I remember um, you, you had come to a, a conclusion about something. Mm-hmm. And it was about God's nature and oh. about, you know, thing. it was a really, really good conclusion. <laughs> like it was a right when you're like, you know what, I really believe it. It was a very faith-based like okay, man, you know, this is what it is. And you said it, but you were really upset about it. Like you were, you were like, I guess I have to, I guess I have to, now that I know this, or I really believe this is what it is. But like, again, your feelings weren't following that intellectual conclusion. It was almost like reluctant. Yeah. It's, it's reluctant. I don't want to believe this, but for me, if you bring me to an intellectual conclusion that makes sense for me, I'm suddenly at rest. Yeah. Like, that's like, oh, God, that's what I needed. You know, that's why I can be in an argument with Laura. And for real, I can be out of my mind because I have emotion and anger and reaction. Uh, bad. Mm-hmm. If she says something that makes sense to me, it will almost immediately change. Yeah. I can stop and go, you're, oh, you're right. <laughs> right. Like, and it, and it used to drive her, nice. oh, she used to drive her crazy. She was like, well, you can't just do that out of all those horrible uh-huh. things you just said. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you convinced yeah. me. I get it. No, I'm an idiot. It, like, it's well, like this when, sudden change. Well, even when C.S. Lewis had talked about his conversion experience, he, re- he refers to himself from that moment on as the most reluctant Christian in all of England. Yeah. He said, I sat there. He realized that God was real and had made himself available in the person of Jesus. And he realized, well, it was kind of a bummer to him because he realized I've been so wrong. Yeah. And now I have to make some changes now that I know this. So it wasn't like he was like, hooray. It was like a... Oh boy. It was kind of that kind of moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is somebody who we think of as one of the deepest Christian philosophers of all time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's sometimes it's like you need to be convinced and, and everybody gets convinced in different ways because God wired us differently. And I do believe in that. I really do believe some people react from their gut or their head or their sure. heart. You can see it. You can see it played out. We saw it on the tornado. Like you said, we've seen it with this where people, they don't mean to spread panic, but that's how they live. They live in a gut right. thing. It's exactly. like, let's, we're, what are we going to do? And then some people are like, I got to go get all the toilet paper that I can. You know? Well, the greatest danger in all of it is judging everybody else by what you, that's the thing. I just assumed everybody thought. Yeah. It's like so, love languages. If you yeah. judge them by what your love language is, you're missing the mark. There yeah. was times, Dane, and you and I, I've apologized to you many times for this. There were times I was mad at you yeah, because totally. I thought you were just, I thought everybody thinks like this. If I, in fact, I spent my whole ministry thinking if I can just say it better then everybody gets it like I'll get it, mm. you know, and they don't. 
And then you go, well, either, either it's insecurity that I'm not saying it well enough or they're just being obstinate and stupid and they don't want to. And I think everybody has intellectual and all those things. But when I begin to realize it, no, no, that's just, it's just not how it, and I do believe, by the way, you're in a feeling triad because that's even you say that I feel, you always say those words. I think they're, they're important. I feel this. I feel this. I feel this. Um, I think that's telling to it because I always say, I think this, I think this, I think this. So, um, you know, it's, 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 a you know, one of those things when you're all walking around thinking everybody else is just like you or that all people are one or we just think all people are one or two things. They're, they're great or they're jerks. Like that's kind of how we are. And yeah. people are a lot more than that. People are way right. more complex yeah. than that. And, you know, the Enneagram people, we forget, well, you, you can't put me in a, in a box, you know, nine, nine different types of people, which by the way, each one of those have like a billion subsets of what they all actually are. That's way more believable to me now than two, <laughs> you know, and then thinking within each one, you know, where they are in their wings or where they are, you know, it, that I get wings. Oh my, God. Yeah, oh, my so goodness. Oh, my goodness. Bring the wings. <laughs> Johnny brought me wings today for lunch. I did. I appreciate <laughs> that. Dude, I care about you. Yeah. He walked in and exposed himself to a restaurant employee. I did. Well, oh, wait, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Uh, uh, I meant that. Yikes. I meant with the coronavirus. Yikes. Drastic measures to get those wings. <laughs> Man, alive. He's like, just take them and get out. <laughs> right now, there's a bolo out for Johnny. Yeah, I tell you what, this trench coat is itchy. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, I'm sorry to bring the podcast down. No, I know damn. it got real there for a little bit, dude. But I love it, man. I don't have any issues being honest. Hey, so right. I just feel like that was. It's good, man. I just wanted to talk about that. In all, in all honesty, can I tell you something that shocked? That the most shocking thing you said to me when we started having all these talks again is you came in and said it was me and one other guy. Because I just started assuming, by the way, that because I know you're not wired like me, that everything I've ever said to you has been worthless, <laughs> like none of it. And you came in and said, you know, we've had some conversations, and actually, some of the things you said have at least helped me to take a step or two. And so, like, that was that that meant a lot because I don't know how to reach somebody who doesn't think like I think or whatever. Like, I'm that's where I need Jesus. That's where that's a lot of my hesitancy to say a lot of things definitively anymore. It's not because I don't believe them right. Like, everybody's not going to get that. So, I would hope the more we keep talking, that's the idea for everybody, all of us. That it does bring you some comfort or help you take another, you know, little step. Because I'm completely incapable of helping you, sure. you know, get wherever you got to go. I think I, I put a lot of, um, and I, I think I say this because I think probably there's a lot more people out there that are dealing with the same kinds of things. Yeah. And I feel like I have to do this because I've kind of deconstructed in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I hate that word, but that's what's happening. And I feel like I have to do the due diligence of poking the holes do my due diligence due diligence of before i move forward and kind of like your c.s lewis thing johnny like oh boy like if i go full bore into this christianity thing like i want to make sure it's the right decision yeah and you know to be honest like i'm just i'm I'm not right now Mm -hmm. and i want to make sure if i do go forward with christianity and trust in god again that i know why and I think that that's super important. So that's why we have these meetings. That's why I want to talk yeah. about it all the time because, I don't know, I just want to make sure it's the right decision. Well, to be clear, it takes it takes a level of faith to say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you you've expressed that to me multiple times. There there's a faith there in God. There's oh, a, totally. There's a, I believe God exists and he's all powerful. It's just why, right. Why do you choose to only be all powerful sometimes? I do think, and I'll, we've said that before, the why question may never be answered in a way. And if you had that, you understand the greatest philosophers, theologians on all sides, all religions of the world. have not answered the question fully that you're asking to their own liking. Some of the mystery of that. And that's where I think history and right. a grander scope of the suffering in the world and the, even the thought processes in the world is very helpful to realize. And you've had you've come to that conclusion multiple times with me, like, hey, you know, well, I'm, I'm not going to be big enough to completely right. answer this question. You know, none of us are going to get that. There are answers. It doesn't mean it's a blind faith. It doesn't mean it, it just means it's not going to be succinct and easy and wrapped up in, in the ways. But there are, there are trends and theories and ways to see the world. But I just. I think that the more – I think Johnny said that – the more that I'm reminded of the things that are also reality that are good, the more I see that, the more I see the grace in those things, then the more I don't need – I just don't think that – again, that may be a misleading title. The question never goes away. Why? He doesn't actually answer it in the book. He even says that because the Bible doesn't answer it fully. But let me show you what Jesus was doing at, at, with the survivors and the families of the victims of the tsunami. Let me show you the good there. Well, why didn't God just stop that? Well, you know, why didn't Adam and Eve not do that? Why did I not mm. choose a better path a hundred times in my life than I've chosen? Like, it's like we're mad at God for allowing us the choice whenever it leads to negative things. But then we're mad at God when he doesn't allow us the choice, if he didn't. You know? Right. Like you said, if our freedoms were all removed, we'd have Right, and we know, that the, we know all the good that we take for granted. We talked about that, about how, like, I'll probably never take my finances for granted again. Hopefully. But, I mean, I can see myself, if, if things go great for a year, I, think I can you, see myself totally slipping back into complacence and being like, this is just my, this is my life. Of course I deserve this. I think there's no way without some level of, again, I don't ask for this, but I think difficulty is, was it Lewis that said that um, God whispers to us in right. our uh, comfort but screams at us in our pain, something mm-hmm. to that effect, yeah. you know, like there, there's this. It's just, it's just, there's some things you cannot see if yeah. you're not experiencing some level of difficulty yeah. in life. That's true of everything. You don't, who writes a good song who didn't have a heartbreak? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, like you just, it, it produces something in you. So that's not, I think that's God's point. I was say, well, you go, I seek out heartbreak, yeah. but it's like, there's a use for it. God's going to make it useful. That's yeah. the promise. That's the real gospel. Right. That's, that's the redemption is he's going to make sure none of it's wasted. This is not the path of destruction that he wanted, though it's a path he knew we would choose. And he's going to redeem it to be better off than it was so that none of our pain, death, none of those things are wasted in the end. How he's going to do that? I don't know. I don't know all of it. Stay I do, tuned, listener. I do see him doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, we'll answer that question. No, but I think, you know, when I come to that kind of, that's faith for me, not whether God's, you know, real, powerful, all those things that that's always the question is, can he be trusted to do something bigger than even I can understand? Mm-hmm. And certainly I bring in the little things and I think it's okay. I think he's great. He wasn't mad at Paul for mm-hmm. asking. He wasn't mad at Jesus for saying, please take the cup away from me. He, he did. I think that we're way off the mark. If we think that, I think the path you're on is acceptable to God. You're, you're trying to find those things. Just realize you're not going to intellectually 
find a cage in which that answer fits. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's not going to be one. Um, but you'll find, I think Johnny's right. Um, like Lewis, there'll be a much, every building block will be more sustainable as you reconstruct because you've seen what's underneath them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, they're not just sitting there unknown. You're not just living in a house built for you. Like you've taken it down and as you rebuild, like you'll know what's under there, you know, and that's, that's actually, I find more comforting and helpful. Yeah. So, but, yeah. well, thanks for sharing, man. Appreciate that. I'm sorry to make things about me. Dane. Uh, gosh. Loved it, man. I, I just, oh man, I'm sorry. Dane, I'd hug you so hard right now, but <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid that you have corona. I guess I, I just hope that that transparency means something to somebody listening and what do, I don't know. Let me ask this. Would you come back on sometime soon and keep talking yeah, about course. it? of course. Okay. We stay the course. I mean, absolutely, man. Um, and the thing you're dealing with, the loss of our mutual friend, it's something I deal with, too. Yeah, and, totally. And, and, and Johnny, too. We're all very close. Why I have the ability to listen to you about it. Yeah. Because I did the counseling thing and or the therapist thing, and it, you know, it's just not the same. Well... Well, guys, we do, man. We know. They no apologies needed, man. It's been. I think you're going to find that that topic right now will be very helpful to a lot of people who are struggling. So I hope so. Yeah, I, I agree. And guys, we appreciate you listening. If you are struggling, we encourage you not to not to be alone. You think you have to be alone? Like I, I, we said that to our community group leaders and stuff. Like if you're anxious, depressed, and struggling in a way because isolation does that to us, and yeah. if you're already predisposed, some make sure you're reaching out, talking to people. Um, you know, finding if you have community, man, that's not a buzzword right now. That's holding me together. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's a great thing. So I'm, I'm glad that that's in place. We need that. So, but, uh, be sure to, to, you know, talk to someone in your church, talk to someone, uh, from the office, talk to someone who's going to give you a uh, positive direction, listen and be there for you. Um, you can share. It's a great time while people are sitting at home to go back over a hundred episodes. Absolutely. John. It's 104 episodes. Yeah, now. do it. Go back. Dane said that and you donate. should give. Dane yeah. said you should. We don't. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you want to listen to Dane, we should find yeah. out a way to lock those previous hundred episodes until you give five. Like bucks. put a, oh. put a ooh. <laughs> that's <laughs> beautiful. Everybody who's our listeners, like, Phew, boy, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Yeah, uh, but no, share and uh, follow Johnny Man uh, right now, and uh, he's obviously not putting out a lot of funny content about coronavirus. Apparently. Wow, no, I'm get ready but... for it. It's going to be wacky, you guys. <laughs> hey, a big toilet paper parody coming your way soon. <laughs> but no, it means a lot to us that you listen and that uh, you join us every week, and we'll be looking forward to another episode next week on Talk About That. these EPs found their way into the hands of Chris Tomlin. And so we got this email out of the blue that while he was inviting us to go on this major arena tour of the United States and at that time we were like, well, we're not even really a band. Do we tell him we're not a band? Chris Llewellyn from REM Collective shares some of his life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshippers. Join us to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. Find The Walk on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.